Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Black and White Commentaries. I'm Lee, not Will. <laughs> and I am Will, not Lee. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to be on the ball this time. So we're actually going to talk about um, the third episode of the Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. Uh, this one's called The Sin. Uh, so it's pretty interesting. Um, still didn't really catch why it is. Maybe uh, it could be a few different things. But um, I have to say right off the bat before I get too much into this, and it's kind of a, I have to be honest here and admit that after watching the first two episodes that came out within that one week, you know, within a couple of days, actually, of each other, I said, you know what? This show's off to a great start. I don't believe that, that I mean, I, I believe the show is going to have kind of a lull, you know, and maybe get like, you know, start to drop down a little bit in, in my interest. Like, I wouldn't be so much interested in it. But this episode uh, delivered just as well as the first two. Hmm. And I am just floored by that. I saved <laughs> my thoughts and opinions about this episode until we were on here. You, uh, you told me that uh, a couple of days ago when you watched it. And I am going to say that I feel the opposite. I think this is a well episode. I like this episode and I love where they're going with this series right now. I just, I don't think this episode delivered on the high that you think it did. I think you think it delivered because of one part and that's it. And that's like, I mean, the ending of this thing was phenomenal, but aside from that, this was very much just retreading ground that we've already covered in the first two episodes. Yeah, I suppose. I think the, the way I look at it is like the, the clear, um, okay. So, as, as we're watching this show, one big thing is we don't actually get to see the main character's face, like, at all, <laughs> which it, it makes it different than other shows we've, or any other, like, movie, show, whatever we've seen, because you don't get to get the emotion, but for some reason, you can still get an emotion just by the body language, which is incredible, and to see him... You know, we saw right off the bat and at the end of the first episode that he was having some kind of compassion for this, you know, target that he had. And as it as it went on, you could tell that he was, like, annoyed by it, but, like, trying to be, like, whatever. And then once he delivers it, you know, which we see um, delivering it here, he just, you know, he's like, what's going to happen? So, I mean, we'll talk about that in a sec, but basically... I thought it was great that they were they were actually able to portray emotion even without a face. And that's what, to me, made the episode really cool. You know, and he, and he goes from that and then everything else that came out of it. So I, I think that every episode delivered something differently. So it, it hits upon a new, uh, uh, like, heart target for me. You know, what makes me enjoy, it, uh, you know, anything I'm watching is something cinematic. And uh, that's why I really enjoyed this, because it hit something else. It hit another level for me. So that's that's why I was like, wow, this is great. And then to end it the way they did, I was like, okay, <laughs> this, is, this is just, it's awesome. So, so far, I find it funny to me that um, we've talked about a lot of things, and usually we go back and forth ripping things apart, but so far, I mean, we'll see what happens in this conversation. We haven't had a lot of negative to say about this show. So we'll see what happens um, as we go on. But let's kind of start off with, you know, where the show's, where the show went. I mean, it starts off with him. He's in the ship because that's pretty much where they ended off in episode two, the child. Um, and they're flying off to go deliver, you know, the bounty that he's got. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we see that Baby Yoda um, sneaks out and starts chewing on, on a knob that's on there. And he's just like, hey, that's not a toy. Sent him back in his little, you know, thing. He didn't just and send him back. He picked him up by the back of his, like, shirt and put yeah. him back in his crib. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of here. Because he's, he's trying to... He's trying to... Um, not be connected and trying to be cold so he doesn't have to think about it and you can get that right off the bat you know i get where you're i get where you're coming from and why you feel that way i just think it's it's why would he try to hide that here it's just him and baby yoda so that's it's not a matter of hiding it it's a matter of him struggling because he knows he's about to do what he needs to do for himself and he's trying not to think about anything else so he's pushing He's put like you're not gonna sit there and be nice to something and then just like ha ha throw it away like that would just make you a monster, you know. Like okay. he feels bad right now and he's trying to not let himself get emotional. Okay. All so right, that's I what I saw happening there. It's like you know it could be behind the scenes you know all you want, but anyway. Right. Uh, so I mean, right off the bat, it's clear that he's conflicted about delivering you know this this target <laughs> that he has back to that client that weird accent guy. <laughs> um. So he goes up to the place, and for some reason, I don't know what you call it. Maybe I should do my research before we do these conversations just so I can sound like I know more I'm talking about. But, hey, mm-hmm. it, it's back to us just watching the movies and knowing what we know. Right. And um, <laughs> the guy comes out, the little eyeball comes out, wash my binky. <laughs> he's, he's saying, wash my binky. And that's, that's all I hear every single time because he says the same thing every time. And it's like, oh, wash my binky. All right. And... <laughs> As he's doing that, you know, he walks in, and you can tell that Baby Yoda, uh, whatever, I'm just going to call him B.Y., because it's not technically Baby Yoda. At least we don't know what it is yet. I have a theory. Ah, maybe okay. he's a clone of Yoda. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. what, if he's, what if he's Yoda's clone? That would only, almost make the most sense, you know, that it's a clone of Yoda, and that's why they're studying it and all that stuff and blah, 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 whatever. We'll get into there. I mean, we'll see what it is. Of course, they're not going to just leave it, leave us all high and dry in this series. But we're three episodes in out of an eight-episode series, or at least as far as I know, eight episodes that, that are um, shown to be released right now. So we'll see. But it's, it's very clear that Baby Yoda, B.Y., knows what's going on here. You know, he's kind of looking up and his ears are going back and he's looking around like, you know, I really hope he doesn't do what he's about to do. Oh, I think he is. And then just looks wicked, like, sad about it. And, again, I'm going to keep on saying it over and over again until we're done with this show. I don't care if I'm if I'm a dude. That is the, it is the cutest little Yoda thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so when you see him sad, you start to feel really bad about it. You know? Okay, but, so I don't... and um, Yeah, I don't think the baby Yoda fully understands what's going on, like what's about to happen. I think that there is a connection between baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. And it's kind of like, Oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave you type thing going on. I, to, to, to say that baby Yoda understands what's going on here. It's well, no it's, baby Yoda I, understands that he's, that he's being brought to be dropped off is my point. Like, I don't want to leave you type thing, you know, okay. right off the bat, right then and there, like they're going up to that door. Baby Yoda knows hey, like, great, you know, you're, you're giving me up, and I'm wicked sad about that. It's just weird to me, because in the prior episode, we had Baby Yoda stopping the Mudhorn, and it took it took him a while to kind of figure out that this wasn't the best situation, and finally, 
when there was no other option, you know, Baby Yoda actually does something about it. And here you're saying that he understands what's going on. I don't think so. I still don't well, I think, think it's so. A com- I, I think it's a combination of a few different things. Like you said, there's a connection there. And I think with Baby Yoda being so Force-sensitive, he's probably picking up on the emotions and maybe a little bit of what's going on there. Maybe. I mean, Baby Yoda's 50 years old. So even though it's it's infantile, you know, its brain is probably pretty uh, up-to-date, you know, or not up-to-date, but at least able to comprehend something like that if it's, you know, kind of processed via the Force. I don't know. That's I know that sounds really ridiculous, but it's <laughs> the best way that I can kind of come up with an idea. Um, but anyway. See, and it just and it just goes into something that I had mentioned last week. I think that this connection, m- my my front running theory right now is I think this connection is based upon the force. You oh, yeah. have to, t- I think you have to take that into consideration because of what this baby Yoda is and how mm-hmm. force sensitive is it and everything that's going on. Like this Mandalorian who we find out in this episode, this Mandalorian who is brought up to, you know, obey certain rules and follow a certain order is just conven- breaking all of those conventions for this, like he's infantile out of, mm-hmm seemingly nowhere it it has to come from someplace maybe a little bit of that is compassion maybe a little bit of that is some humanity you know setting into the mandalorian but i think a big part of it is very much something forcing pun intended this to happen right oh yeah no i agree okay cool i agree so um so they go in there and uh goes in to talk to the guy, basically hands him this big giant thing of like a ton of Beskar, the same little, um, little, what do you want to call them? Cards or whatever of Beskar, uh, bars, if you will, um, that he sends. He's like, okay. And he's just like, what's going to happen to him? And he's like, isn't it the code of the guild to just like, basically, you know, get, you know, fit, complete your job and then forget about it. Like it never happened. And, you know, he's, he's clearly like, it's at this point, it's like, okay, we're no longer thinking maybe he's conflicted and going to walk away. We know something's going to happen here. And I mean, it's obvious when you see a baby Yoda type character, it's not the last we're going to see of him. But, you know, I, I'd like to see it here where he's, he's totally like, I'm already at this point. They just handed me a, a ton of Beskar, <laughs> you know, which to him is like the most valuable thing he could possibly ever get. See, I'm, confu- I'm confused about Beskar too. I'm like... Is this currency or is this just armor? Oh, it's armor, but to them, I mean, it's it's really valuable armor. It's like imagine if, uh, imagine if you had armor that was made of gold. You know, it's like this is gold. Like this is like the best, most expensive thing you can get, and it's the biggest honor to wear all this gold. Right. You know, that's that's a really simple. Like to me, I'm like, I don't really care what I wear. I mean, uh, I'm wearing a Ninja Turtles T-shirt right now, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, but. You know, some people are all decked out and they want to wear this and that and whatever. But his thing is like, this is like a religious thing for him. It's like, it's an honor to be dressed like this. It's an honor to have, you know, full armor. And so to to get all that, yeah, it's considered like currency, but it's also also considered like what he does with it. You know, he he brings it back and shares it with his people. So, I mean, we kind of get to that point where he gets the best car, goes back and drops the best guard again they've done such a great job with all these people who are wearing masks portraying the emotion with just their body language so as soon as he drops that down the um what do you want to call it the armor armor maker there um the armor forger uh <laughs> looks up like 
like astonished at the amount of Beskar that was just dropped off in front of her, you know? And you see it like, whoa, she's not expecting that and just like totally blown away. Okay, well, I guess, uh, wow, that's a lot of Beskar. Well, let's, let's get this done, shall we? You know, and talking about everything else. And right off the bat, you saw as he was walking in, everybody was just like, you know, stuck to him walking through the place and following him down the hall. She goes, you're going to, you're going to get a lot of attention, you know, with all this best car. Lots of attention. Yeah. He He's yeah. getting, he's getting a lot of attention from, from the people who are within his company just for having this much. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when he's actually like outside in the world and he's just shiny. Um, something else that I liked here. I love, maybe this is the game room. Me. I love how much this feels like an RPG. Like I yeah. have, I have oh, all yeah. of this, I have all of this XP and now I'm going to go level up. Thank you. Yep. It, it's yep. amazing. Yep. I love it. It's so cool. That's a it's really good point. It's so yeah. cool. Because we saw it once before, then we saw it again. So yeah, it seems like you're going like, hey, I just got all this material. It's almost like Minecraft, you know, it's like, oh, look, I, I, I dug up all this stuff. Now I'm going to go make something out of it because I got this much. It's you know, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, absolutely I, I didn't amazing. even see it from that point. Yeah, that's a really good view to look at it. Oh my god, like, here, here's your mission, side mission, <laughs> fight Mudhorn, uh, obtain target, <laughs> deliver target, upgrade armor and weapons. It's it's just like, really? Like, that's yep. so cool. It's it's a really, it's a cool way to do a couple of different things. It's a cool way to tell a story. I never thought about, you know, telling a live action story that way, like linearly. So it's really clever. And another thing that it does is, like you said, it adds a whole lot of character to somebody who's faceless. Right. Because you're right. getting to see the journey along the way. I I think I attach more to that than the emotion of him just pointing a finger. Like, you can get a lot out of that. But at the same time, it's the journey that he's taking and the trials that he's going through in order to accomplish his end goal. Oh, that, yeah. No, I it's, think it's awesome. that's, that's incredible. That's an amazing way to tell a story. And I'm really glad that they're doing it here. I mean, they had it. I mean, and I think and I want to say that it's intentional because we're, you know, following somebody who's faceless. So mm -hmm. there's a lot to the imagination with that. Yep. You know, that's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to, you know, geek out on that a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, it's a really valid point. I never even saw it from that light. So that's cool. Um, well, as she's talking about the attention, we start seeing like these angry Mandalorians come up. Now, mm. I wanted to look this up. Maybe you can for a second there, but who plays the big angry Mandalorians? I swear that's got to be somebody pretty famous who just got I the role. I have no idea. Okay, pull that up because we're. I mean, I just, I, I, I just think like you hear the voice and you're like, that's got to be somebody. You know, you may ne never even see that character again, but by the voice, it just it sounds like it's got to be somebody like a wrestler or somebody. You know, but um, so he gets he gets into this little scuffle. You know, with the the angry Mandalorian there, who and they pull out their blades, their vibra blades. I didn't know what else to call them, but yeah, they were vibrating like buck knives. See, I thought they were vibrating because she forced off the blades. Because who forced off the blades? The the the, the forger. Oh no! Like she no, stood up. Like she stood up, and they immediately stopped fighting. That's why I thought they were vibrating, kind of like the way Kylo Ren stopped the uh, the blast. Oh no, no, no! The blades themselves are actually vibrating blades. That's that's one of their weapons. Okay, were they doing that the whole time that they were fighting? Yes. Oh wow! Okay, that's something. That yeah. I missed then. Okay. Oh no! I thought that was really cool. And then when they stopped, I'm like, oh, they're still vibrating. That's so cool. <laughs> 
So they kind of go back and forth, and they're arguing about this and that. And then, you know, the forger pops up, and she's just like, hey, you know, have you ever done this? Have you ever taken your helmet off? Have you done this, done that, whatever? And he's like, no, I've never taken my helmet off. Which, I'm like, how does he eat? <laughs> I just thought about that yesterday. I'm like, wait, he, I mean, do they mean have you ever taken your helmet off in front of somebody? Because, I mean, of course, at one time in his life, he's had to take his helmet off. I'm pretty sure if you ever take a shower or you eat, you take your armor off. <laughs> like, okay, maybe she meant in front of somebody. Okay, I get it. But, I mean, if, if you never take your clothes off, you're, you're going to have some kind of weird, you know, rot in your body will just decompose inside of your, inside of your armor. You, you have to clean yourself. So, in, in, you know, some way. Um, anyway, there was that. Uh, so they go through this whole thing. She goes, he's living the noble life. This is the way. And they all just kind of go back, this is the way. You know, very, <laughs> very culty. <laughs> uh, but... So she's saying, yeah, I definitely got a, a really big cult vibe from this. Yeah, because that's when they kind of get into the whole fact, like these are people who are following some type of religion, some kind of organized like, hey, we are the Mandalorians. You know, it's our touching upon it a lot more than they did before. It's just the it's just the weird way that they all, you know, started saying this is the way. And then at the end, you get, you know, they don't necessarily agree, but they just kind of look at each other. This is the way it's just really yeah. Eh. Well, it, remind, it, it reminds me of Hot Fuzz. Remember Hot Fuzz? Yes. The greater good. <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so funny. But yeah, it's all for the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> so evidently, his, evidently, his name is Tate Fletcher. Who? Tate Fletcher. Tate Fletcher, the guy who yes. plays the big guy. Yeah. Wow. So. Uh, just, let's see. Is he from anything? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Not huh. really anything notable. I'm disappointed. I really expected that to be like a big cameo. It just seemed like it would be. Maybe, okay, so either it was, was some be a guy, cameo. He was some guy named Lester in Breaking Bad. Okay. I don't even really remember that. Yeah, huh. well... Either way, I expected two things to happen. Either now that we know it's either it's going to be a big cameo and it's going to be a small part, or he's going to be a bigger part later on. Like we'll see right. him again. Right. So I think now that we know that it's not some big cameo, we're going to see this character again because they gave him speaking lines and it was kind of a big deal. Yeah, possibly. Um, You're right. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to foresee right now. Um, <laughs> another pun. Force e. Okay. Um, so he talks about this. Has your signet been revealed yet? Um, no. Okay, well, how did you get this? How did this happen? Oh, it was a mudhorn. She goes, oh, good. The, the mudhorn is your symbol. He goes, no, uh, you can't do that. It wasn't a noble kill. He's like, okay, why? He's like, well, I was helped by an enemy. <laughs> why would an enemy help you? Well, he didn't know I was an enemy. And that just makes you, like, again, that kind of hits you right in the cockles of the heart. <laughs> you know, just, oh. Uh, you know, he, he realizes he totally just betrayed this little little green dude. You know, and that's how he feels. Again, portraying emotion without showing his face. You know, just the, the, cho the choice of the words there. Like, he didn't know that I was an enemy. There's a couple of different portrayals going on in this episode. Oh, yeah. So. So, he goes in there. Okay, well, I guess we'll just, just announce it. Go, okay, whistling birds. I'm like, 
What's a whistling bird? They're going to give him whistling bird on his yeah. <laughs> on his armor? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> whistling birds then. Okay, whistling birds will do nicely. Okay. And as they're talking about that and she's building stuff, more flashbacks, we get a little bit more insight and we really start seeing a lot more of what happened, you know, as a child, how he lost mm-hmm. his parents and, you know, you see that big like imperial droid just taking people out and you're like, whoa, this is crazy, you know. Now we're getting a, a, a much clearer picture, which, of course, we're going to keep on getting more and more, and by the end we'll understand. Right. But, okay. We get through it. Um, new armor. Uh, <laughs> we get some jealous bounty hunters. He's walking out there looking like a million bucks. He is. It's so, it's so cool to see it. He is um, shiny. He is oh, it's, shiny. It is awesome. You know, from what we saw in the beginning... You know, I kind of liked seeing him all decked out and ready to roll. And, of course, you know what we got to hear again? My favorite <laughs> my favorite word in the Star Wars universe, Ichuta. <laughs> <laughs> now, this time, this time, it sounded like he was cursing under his breath. Exactly. This time it made sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I really don't understand why they did it and then did it again and it clearly meant something else. Maybe maybe the when the first guy said it was a chuta, which means totally something different. <laughs> I don't know, right. but this guy was clearly upset and it chuta. He was really <laughs> upset. <on. laughs> so, I don't think he was, and, I, and to, to clarify, I don't think this guy was so much upset that he, you know, is looking at this guy looking like a million bucks. I think they're all just upset that he's the one who ended up getting this bounty. Oh, no, that's exactly what it is. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's just like they're, they're super jealous about everything because it's clearly he's like flaunting his, his winnings <laughs> for what he did, you know, and he feels he feels great. Right. Um, but but then he goes and does this this really, really awesome part again, which further drives his frustration or further shows his frustration with his choice that he made. He's like, yeah, I did something that I was supposed to do because I'm a bounty hunter. I moved on. I got my pay, and I'm doing my thing, and I donated the the excess to the foundlings and to this and to that and whatever. But he's like, I need my next job. Give me my right. next job. Right. It's clear that he's doing it just to keep himself so busy where he doesn't have to deal with the guilt of what uh, he just did. Oh, I don't super know. clear. I don't, see, I, don't know. Clear. I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. I'm Because, hang on, because I'm that way. It's not because I'm dealing with guilt. It's just because I want to move on to the next thing. When I'm at work, I do one thing after another and I move on to the next thing. I don't really like sitting around doing nothing or taking a break. It's not really who I am. It's not a part of my makeup. If I do that, um, if I do that, I'm just going to end up getting lazy and I'm not going to want to do anything. But that's 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 my baggage. Um, this person, he could just be that type that just wants to, all right, I'm done with the job. All right, next, moving on. So to say it's guilt is, I don't know. I don't know. I would agree with you if they weren't trying to push this out the entire episode so far that he feels bad about his decision. The fact that they've been building and building and building and he's, it's like, this is, this is, this is his, this is his, this is comparable to him going to the bar and then just drinking. That's what it is for him. Going in there and saying, just give me a job. Just give me a job. It's the only thing that makes me feel good right now is so I can be focused on something else. I have to to disagree. It's not just that he's a workaholic. It's that, I mean, yeah, he's a workaholic, but it's not just that he's a workaholic. It's a matter of, like, I need to get back to what I was doing and just, you know, just get something done. 
I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just saying that because it would fit his character more to be a workaholic in that sense than it would be for him to feel any kind of guilt about. And and here and here, I'm just going to get into it about another uh, little piece of betrayal. The whole point of his order, his guild, his league of people is to do the job, get paid, do another job, move on. Don't ask questions. Yeah, the Bounty Hunter Guild. Yeah. Why is it all being turned upside down for this? I'm I mean, I'm sure that there are stories in the Star Wars universe about bounty hunters who've done far worse. Mm-hmm. It's just weird to me that this is and and I'm gonna lean on this has to be something of a higher power, you know, oh, manipulating yeah. the situation. It's just I don't know. It's weird to me and I want I don't have enough information, and when yeah. I don't have enough information, it bothers me, so that's where I'm coming from. No, I agree. From. That's exactly what it is. It's, it goes back again to the bond between him and the Baby Yoda creature there. Um, I like to kind of chalk it up to the same thing. Maybe not exactly, but, I mean, we get the same thing from Steven Spielberg when he did E.T., you know, where there's this bond between this extraterrestrial and this boy, and they, they just can't be separated. Literally, they got to a point where they were physically, like, metaphysically connected. <laughs> you know, where E.T.'s dying, so he's dying, and then suddenly E.T. lets go of him, and he's getting better, but E.T.'s, like, really dying. And it was just like, whoa, like, there's a, a clear, you know, bond that they have. You know, Baby Yoda has an emotional tie, like, a force emotional tie with this bounty hunter. And it's driving this bounty hunter's usually very cold and calculated to, you know, actually start to feel and go, and it's not like he's being manipulated. It's just that he's he's got this level of compassion he's probably never felt before, and you know, with all the things happening about his his flashbacks coming back and making him thinking about his family, it's bringing him it's bringing that that child who was lost and scared, you know, and abandoned not not purposely abandoned but basically left orphaned, you know, back out. And there's a lot going on in this episode. That's why I really enjoyed it. It was a very emotional episode without actually showing faces. So that's what I got. Um, So give me the next job. And he's like saying something's up there. And he's he's looking at me. He's like, why are you asking questions? Like, what are they going to do with it? He's like, listen, you're you're afraid of the Empire. All that's left of the Empire is just mercenaries and warlords. You know, and if you're like, if you're barred by it and you think something's going on, report it to the New Republic. And I'm thinking, okay, the New Republic. I'm like, okay, is that... Is that become the new order and all that stuff? Like, are they starting to lead up to that stuff? Okay, that's, well, that's, like, that's, that's what I got to. This yeah. I liked. I yeah. like that the Empire just doesn't disappear. I like that there are loyalists within that are just going to keep on going no matter what. Yeah, no, I think it's really cool that um, they're showing these loyalists, you know, who are still holding on to the, the beliefs of the Empire, you know, to kind of do what they got to do. But anyway... Um, and, it, and, and from from what I gather, you know, the downfall of the Empire kind of made some of these stormtroopers a little bit smarter. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see this soon. But basically, um, th- th- already we see that they're just like they're on the ball. They're like they're they're intimidating. You know, they're yeah. not just like aloof. You know, like you see them and they're like when he was bringing Baby Yoda in there. And they, he grabs it and he's like, be careful. He's like, you watch it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> be careful with that. You be careful. It's like, wow. That, <laughs> okay. That, yeah. <laughs> okay. These guys are just like, 
they're not taking anything anymore. <laughs> you know they've what? Bumped their, they've bumped their heads and gotten sound effects added. And you know what? You know. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Maybe, maybe if these stormtroopers showed this level of commitment before, <laughs> nothing would have ever happened. <laughs> maybe, maybe you would all still, you know, be pretty well off. But you know. You, None of you wanted to learn how to shoot, so this is what happens. Well, they learned how to shoot at this point, so we'll yeah, get to they, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he basically, he gets in his ship and he's about to he's about to leave. He gets everything all charged up and ready to roll, and he's just like, again, no face, but yet you see that he's just conflicted. It was a really great job on you know the director, the way that he like he got this edited and the way everything went because you know what's going on. Yeah, when it's, he starts screwing. It's screwing. the camera angle. It's the it's the the zoom. It's this. It's that. And then finally, he just shuts everything down and just like gets out, and he goes full on John Wick on everybody. Kinda, I would agree with. Yeah, yeah, I agree with this. <laughs> like he just goes full John Wick on him. He shows up there, walks up to the thing, wash my binky, <laughs> rips the thing <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> Or rips them down, and then the stormtroopers come out, look around. They're like, "Huh? <laughs> what happened?" Maybe, maybe, maybe I spoke too soon about them uh, being a little bit more intelligent. <laughs> but they come out and they're like, "Hey, let's search the perimeter." Yeah. <laughs> so they search the perimeter. He's hiding in the back. I'm surprised they didn't see him because if he's hiding right there in the back, like, okay, come on. But then he goes around the back, blows up a hole in the back is already, like, there and ready to go. They come, start looking at the hole, and he's right He's right there behind them. Starts taking them out, and this is where it goes on, just, like, he's just taking people out left and right. I'm like, this is a violent episode. <laughs> um, this is definitely a, a more violent episode. It's around, you know, I started thinking at this point, I'm like, you know what? I think we're gonna we're gonna stop watching this, girls, <laughs> and we're gonna, we're gonna watch something else pretty fun going forward for the rest of the night. And then I ended up watching the rest of the episode. I'm like, okay, cool. But he goes in, takes them all out. And the coolest thing about this is we start to see him really use all his weapons tactically. You know, like he, he starts, he's using the, he's using the grappling thing. You know, he's, he's getting people there. He's got the, he's um, using his, his uh, flamethrower. He's got his handguns, you know, and then we get to a whistling bird scene. Yeah, so this was he's amazing. He's got Yoda. He's got Yoda. Actually, I, I totally skipped this, but he goes in to get Yoda, and there's the doctor there who's got Yoda hooked up into some kind of machine, right? And we still don't know, like, what they were extracting, right? We have no idea. Yeah, they still didn't say, but we know that they were extracting something okay, from him. Here's something. here's something I think John Favreau did intentionally. Oh, yeah. So... Before, when uh, the Mandalorian delivers him, we have this doctor scientist with the guy with the glasses come out and they shine mm-hmm. that red thing all over his face. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the word midichlorian here. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I thought they were doing. I was like, oh, really? They're going to do this? And they don't say anything. They were just like, yep, it's good. And we move on. Like, we don't yeah. have to say anything. I love oh, yeah. that. Very, oh, yeah. And I, and very I, and wise I think- decision. So let's let's touch upon what Favreau's doing right now. Um, so I know the question we've all had is, where is my baby Yoda plushie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, this is a huge marketing giant. Yeah, you know, like this this is a great idea yep. the way they introduce this because you know that there are going to be baby Yoda plushies everywhere. 
Christmas, soon. Christmas. Uh, this thing yeah, is. I don't, be I don't know about Christmas. If they if it comes out Christmas, it's gonna be like the day before Christmas. I'd buy one of of where they're cutting it. But dude, I I'm gonna I'm, I want one. I want. I'd buy one. Yeah. I want to fill my bed with them. <laughs> so that's that's, um, that's okay. Well, whatever. I got kids. They'll they'll throw them all over the house. But um, so what basically what they're doing here is he's keeping everything so much in the dark and so much like you're not going to know what's happening until the end. You're not going to know what's happening to the end, which is basically it's never been done in any of the Star Wars stuff ever. Nothing else in Star Wars has ever done this. You know, if you, if you think about it, nothing has ever been like, oh, I don't know. I mean, the only thing has been like, you know, twist at the end. Oh, <gasps> he's his father. Oh, what, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, it which we obviously me, missed because we watched it years later. But that that makes me super distrustful of this Yoda. Mm-hmm. It just does. I don't know why it just does. I, I've watched enough TV to know when I'm being misled, and I feel like I'm being misled with this baby Yoda. I'm not saying that it's something nefarious going on, but I am saying there's more to this than what is on the surface. Well, that's why I think it might be a clone, like a direct clone of Yoda. What makes you think it's a clone? Can you get into that a little bit? Because I don't get that at all. Well, it looks just like Yoda. Um, We have the... Um, the whole history of cloning in the Star Wars universe. Um, we don't know anything else about his race, like his species. It never really comes up ever. Mm-hmm. So, and with with the scientist being so interested in him, it would only make sense that he's he's studying a um, a very uh, a clone, quote unquote, of a very force sensitive being. Mm-hmm. Because he's interested in seeing the effects and how, you know, that would add up to, like, the original. So that's hmm. why, that's kind of why I'm getting that vibe and saying, ooh, <laughs> you know, what do you know? I mean, I bet you that I'm not the only person. I'm, I'm pretty sure if we if we looked it up, there's going to be a ton of people throwing that theory around, too, because it just makes sense. It's, it's a valid, it's a valid thought, we'll say. Huh. And sleep on it. That's I. I had to sleep on it after I thought about it. I'm like, okay, this makes more sense. But, um, I think it is Yoda. Uh huh. I don't know. I just, I think it is is Yoda. I think the re- the most interesting himself. Exactly. I think the most interesting thing that was never done with the Star Wars universe was the whole thing about Darth Plagueis and you know coming back to life and everything else. If there's any being, well, Plagueis said he sto- put a stopper on death. I thought he said the words he put a stopper on death. But Something. the way that the way that mm-hmm. um the way the Sidious well the way the Palpatine sells it was he manipulated the midichlorians to create life. I think that's the most interesting thing that's never been touched upon within the Star Wars universe, in, including mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. trilogy. I just think it would be real oh, is- right. interesting if it was applied here somewhat. I think that's yeah. much more interesting than Yoda being a clone cuz if Yoda in Clone Wars went to, you know, the clone city wherever Obi-Wan ended up, I would yeah. absolutely agree with you like that's what he was doing there. But mm-hmm. we never really see that. We never really see Yoda do anything like that or get involved in that way. So right. it really doesn't it doesn't fit the character of Yoda to be like, well, I guess I better clone myself in case something happens. Right. I don't okay. know. Well, uh, no, I don't, I don't know if, if he cloned himself or somebody cloned him. 
and that's what makes it so much more different. <laughs> I didn't think that Yoda went and cloned himself. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get a deleted scene of Luke, you know, pulling out a little a little Taking needle a little hair, pricking pr- 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 <laughs> Yoda while he's sleeping on Dagobah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Prick god! Me, you should not. <laughs> Take my blood, you won't. (laughs) But anyway. um, Okay, so (laughs) we get into it. Um, He gets to this point where he's running around with this baby Yoda. And at one point, it looked really, really, really tiny. And I thought thought that he didn't have him. I thought it was like a decoy that he had in his arms. The way it was wrapped up. It was clearly He does look, yeah, you're right. It was really, it really small, like smaller than really we saw small. him before. Yeah, you're right. And I was, and he's like, "What I'm holding is really valuable." And he puts it down on the ground, and then comes out the whistling birds, which are basically just like a bunch of Yahoo, uh, <laughs> Yahoo, Yandu's uh, arrows. <laughs> they yeah. just come out and just whoop, right to him, and they're all done. It's like, okay, I see why the whistling birds are cool. Pretty you know? much. But again, like it really looked like that was a decoy Yoda that he had, and it, it wouldn't have been. It would have been kind of cliche, you know, running around with a fake one while the other one's safe somewhere. But they didn't do it. But they sh- still shouldn't have covered him up like that, where it looked weird, you know, like oh, he's just holding a rolled up towel. <laughs> but whatever. Um, <laughs> gets out, escapes with By, and all the tracking fobs just go nuts, which was cool. yeah. Because you know, we know at this point, we get it throughout. Like everybody was after this. Bounty. Everybody was sent it out. Sent out to it. We even got uh, Grief Karga there, uh, Apollo Creed, who just is like, "Yeah, no, you all got it, but you did it. You did it. <laughs> you know, go take your vacation now." He's like, "No, no, no. <laughs> I, I want a job." But yeah, whatever. we get to this point. Well, so they all come out there, and it gets to be like this whole like, "Whoa!" Like the entire town he's in, they're all after him, and they're oh, all course. following, and he gets oh, totally surrounded. Totally surrounded the entire yep. guild versus this Mandalorian. Yep. It was crazy. It was awesome. So he goes out there, has his little conversation with Apollo, and he's just like, <laughs> you're not getting out of here. I'm going to keep calling him Apollo. I think that would be a cooler name for him in Star Wars and Grief Karga. But <laughs> it, should, it should have been like Apollo Grief or something. <laughs> like just close enough where it's like, okay, we get it. But, um, so he, um, basically goes out there, has this big shootout with everybody and <laughs> jumps one out the back of a, hang on, a, a one handed shootout while he's cradling baby Yoda in his other arm. Yeah. Yeah. This was yeah. amazing to watch. Oh yeah. This was some oh, serious, yeah. this was some serious fighting. I had a blast. I had a blast with this entire sequence. Yeah. It was almost like watching. Uh, it was almost like watching the end of Django Unchained. Django. <laughs> yeah. He's just like in the house, surrounded, <laughs> and you're like, okay, <laughs> again, which is what brings us back to it's an old western, you know. Yeah, kind of. This is a space western, you know, and so far they've been keeping it up, like with the last episode with him chasing after the sand crawler, basically like a tra- a, tra- a train robbery scene, you know, like all of it was really. So far, he's really keeping on track with these stories, you know, and each episode mm-hmm. has a different feel, yet it's still following along that same type of environment. And I love right. that. Yeah. You know, he's really like, again, Favreau, like, awesome. <laughs> Good job, man. So um, he gets out, he jumps up onto the speeder, 
And you know, we know he doesn't like droids, but there's a droid there, some kind of R2 unit who's, you know, driving the speeder. He's like, go. And the unit's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. So he holds the gun up, and the R2's like, okay, all right, <laughs> let's go. So yep. he starts, like, slowly rolling out while he's on this thing. Like, they weren't going that fast. This, this droid could not be driving any slower. <laughs> it was like it was like if we were on the, uh, what's that, uh, what's that ride? And, oh, it's a small world, you know, in, in Disney. <laughs> he's just basically, uh, yeah. he's on a Disney ride going out yeah. there getting shot at and a taking bit. people out. And it's just like, here he goes, you know. <laughs> it's it's like the new Star Wars ride. You just go out there as a, as a Mandalorian and slowly get shot at by everybody. And he goes in there. Uh, Karga goes ahead and shoots the, the head of the droid, then crashes. I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. I mean, how else would you take it down? Shoot the driver. Okay. <laughs> um, goes down. Um, one thing I thought was cool was, did you recognize uh, somebody from Darth Maul's race who was out there as a bounty hunter? Really? Yeah. The guy had the horns around his head and everything. He just didn't have the makeup, you know, look like Darth Maul. You huh. know, the black and red. It was just like a, like, you know, like a sort of a, you know, dark, like tan skin, but he had I... the, he was the I, same race. No, because I was too. Uh, I was too. I was concentrating on the one bounty hunter that kind of looked like when Leia disguised herself as a bounty hunter. Like oh, it had right, the same right. mask and the same hat going on. So I was just like, "Oh my god, look at that! That's so cool!" Like yeah. that's kind of where I was at for that. So mm-hmm. no, I completely missed the whole Darth Maul thing. That's interesting. Oh yeah, I'll have to no, go back it's, and it's, see it's, it again. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it and see all the different bounty hunters because you we. As we've seen here, we've seen a lot of characters in these three episodes that are reoccurring, or at least there's their species that are reoccurring, you know, and like, well, oh, well, look, they're well, actually well, pulling back well, some old ones. You never know. I mean, we've seen Solo. It might be Darth Maul. It's not Darth Maul. I know. No, that's, but... that's, that's going to, we'll see that in Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that is the story, but yeah. I mean actually, there's I haven't seen I haven't seen the episode in full, but there is an episode of Rebels where Obi Wan Kenobi is on like he's in the desert at Tatooine and he has his face off with Darth Maul, and I think that's exactly where they're going with this. You know, it's going to show him finally taking out Darth Maul hmm. before he can take out the Skywalker clan. You know, like the St- Skywalker bloodline. It's gonna be it's gonna be epic. I'm I'm so pumped about this. <laughs> this Kenobi show, like Mandalorian, is really, really leading up to it, because uh, the way they're doing it, and I'm just, I hope they they do it justice, because I'm right. pretty sure that's the direction they're gonna go, just like they did in this this Rebels. Um, but anyway, it's like I, I kind of want to watch the watch these animated series now, just like I was saying about what Abrams did with Star Trek. It's like now I kind of want to watch these, to me, cartoons. You know, I don't really watch cartoons anymore unless unless they're, you know, our old cartoons that we grew up with, but. If they're really getting some pretty cool Star Wars stories, well, <laughs> whatever. I'll just wait for Obi Wan and we'll go from there. Right. But so he gets out there, he, um, and he's pretty much surrounded at this point. Has nowhere to really go. I mean, aside from the fact that he has a really good gun, you know, that just like disintegrates people. Right. Um, yeah. And you're looking at it, and I'm and I'm saying like, where's he gonna go at this point? Like, I'm really interested in seeing what else he can come up with because now he's stuck in a speeder totally surrounded getting like he's about to get totally taken out he's trying to protect this baby yoda and out of nowhere i'll let you take this one no i don't want to take this one you keep going really okay really out of nowhere or whatever out of nowhere the mandalorians that he was with earlier the uh you know the greater good this is the way people they all show up in their (laughs) jetpacks in their jetpacks 
they fly in and save the day. Yep. And big guy, what would you call the guy Tate's window? No, that's that, Tate, that was Tate my window. Wow. <laughs> no, that was my that was my uh, my potato sack face guy. I had to make, and we did that Star Wars thing at my church. Okay. Uh, we did. No, it was mashed mashed window and Emperor Pal Poutine because <laughs> they were all pota- potato based. <laughs> anyway, um, so they all show up. He comes up there and looks, and he goes, "Hey, you know, this is the way." All right, this is the way. And they fight together. We're going to cover you. You get out of here. You know? So, uh, okay. So he runs off, gets onto his ship. Or do you have more to say about that? This is a couple of things. I have a couple okay. of things to say about this. Um, okay. After I saw this, I'll get into a problem later. I'll save that mm-hmm. for the end. Um, when I first saw this, it reaffirmed how the force is definitely at work here. You have... I'm, and I'm going to reiterate, you have an order here that is completely betraying its order. A job was done, and you are supposed to move on. Now, That's, why are you mixing... I, I, I just want to make sure you're not mixing up the Mandalorians with the Bounty Hunters Guild. I am talk, I'm talking about both. Okay. I'm talking you about are, whether... You are whether aware you're, that Mandalorians aren't necessarily Bounty Hunters, right? Mandalor- the way that they're portrayed in this show, they are. No... The way that they are being portrayed in this show, they are bounty hunters. They are hired, assa- well, either assassins or gold capture. I don't think they're all part of the guild, though. Because he's the only one we see as part of the guild. We don't see any of the Mandalorians out there. We only see them when he goes down to that that forge. So, so why doesn't he correct Apollo when Apollo tells him, hey, that's not the way of the guild? We would have got, got, got some... You're getting you're getting the way of the guild confused with the, the way says, of the Mandalorian. He, okay, but in this show, they are being portrayed similarly as the same thing. He eh. at the beginning of this episode, he sits down. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to the child? What's going to happen to the thing? Oh, that's that's not the way of the guild. You're not supposed to ask and blah 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 blah. He right. doesn't he doesn't correct him. He doesn't say I'm not a part co- of the guild. He doesn't say no, that. No, he is he personally. This one character is part of the guild. The okay. Mandalorians are a to- are totally different. They're not part of the guild. He is. So he's a guild. So he's a part of the guild, and he's a Mandalorian. Yes. That's like saying, you know, oh, you work at McDonald's and you're Chinese. Okay, fine. <laughs> Even better. He's a part of the guild, and he's a Mandalorian. He did his job. Move uh-huh. on. Yeah, but he's. That's where we get back into the whole like, well. Something force-related is happening here. That's Something what I meant. Something softening that, his heart. That's what I meant. Something force-related is happening here because he is compelled to rescue this thing, and now all of a sudden he has a whole bunch of backup. Yeah, of that people re- who that, are, are part of his like race, if you will, or his religion, his family, in a sense. It just reaffirms that there's something else going on that we're not aware of yet. That's all I'm saying. Dude, the whole show was three episodes in. Of course, there's something going on that we're not aware of yet. We're trying to piece everything together as we go. So, yeah, no, there's definitely a lot going on. And we're going to have, I mean, right now we're just, you know, we're just kind of like spectating and, and trying to like guess what it could possibly be. You know, I'm not, not, I'm not, I know. see, that's the thing. I don't feel like I'm spectating because we have a couple of different characters in this television show that have told us about the Mandalorian and the Guild. And from what I understand, it's do a job move on we yeah, have if you're in the a, guild that's the point 
The Mandalorians are not bounty hunters. Some of them might be. The one that we're watching happens to be a member of the Bounty Hunters Guild. That's that's really all it is, and that's that's what it is cut and dry. They have blasters and jetpacks, and you don't think that they're bounty hunters? No. Why wow. why does that make them a bounty hunter? Why else would them... they have why else would they have all of that equipment? Because they were warriors. The Mandalorians were warriors. Okay, how about this? If you got a jetpack, would that make you a part a bounty hunter? Oh yeah. No, it just it would just make you somebody Dude, with a jetpack. No, if I had a jetpack and all of those weapons, yeah, I'd be a bounty hunter, of course. Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 um, it's not it, it, it's okay. We're arguing semantics right now and it's not something that I wanted to do. I just wanted to okay. say the fact that it played out this way reaffirms my theory that there's something force related going on to make all of this happen. That's yes. all I was trying to say. I agree. Thank you. Okay. That's all so, I wanted to say. <laughs> So he gets onto his ship, walks in there, and then you see this body just drop from the ceiling. And I'm like, what the heck was that? <laughs> oh, oh, it's Apollo. <laughs> yep. So Apollo's down. He goes up, and, and he's like, hey, I'm going to, like, you know, whatever. You're not getting out of here. I'm going to take that thing. And he looks over, and he shoots out his little his little grappling hook thing there. And apparently he has a button on his ship that releases steam. <laughs> I just thought I just thought I just thought he like, you know, punctured a pipe. No, he shot it at a control panel and then steam came out from behind him. And I'm like, "Okay. Wait, what?" <laughs> I mean, maybe it was a steam release, you know, to release pressure in a certain that's, pipe. That's a, okay. That's exactly whatever. what I thought it was. But it was still it was kind of like he has a button that just happens <laughs> to blow steam into somebody's face if they're standing right there. More like, steam. Okay, I'm going to well, I'm going to go back <laughs> <laughs> more steam I'm gonna go back to um, to looking at this from like any other perspective in real life if he shot that grappling hook and he managed to hit that button and the steam came out it would not have done what it did there the chances of that happening are the chances of of, of Jack Sparrow always <laughs> flying exactly where he needs to fly when he shoots a rope and holds on to it exactly slim to none <laughs> it's just like okay come on but it just—I it, thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, he has a button that blows out steam. Okay, that worked out to his advantage. All right, so he does that. Um, comes up, shoots Apollo. Apollo goes down, and very cliche. He had some of that Beskar in his pocket. It saved yeah. his life. Well, they okay. had to. Oh yeah. I mean, but it was just—it was—it was cliche in that sense, where it's like he couldn't get knocked out and f- and fallen down. It's like, oh, Beskar saved me. Okay. You know, how many times have we seen that portrayed in movies where somebody gets shot in the chest, we think they're done, we think they're down, and it's like, oh, I had this really, really, really thick diary that you gave me (laughs) 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 that saved my life. Oh, my God. What was it? What what was it? The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Is that where that movie, is that where that, like, trope came from? Well, well, that was a little bit different than, than, uh, no, that was a bit different. That was like a bulletproof vest thing that he did. I get it, but he is like... It's like something, no, it's like something that you have like underneath something and you shoot it and oh my God, he's dead and no, he's not, he gets back. Oh yeah, I'm no, definitely that's, good, that's bad, and the where ugly. This, yeah, that's where that trope came from. Yeah, but it, it, I liked it in a lot of other movies, they minimalized it, you know, they, mm. they brought it They brought it down to like, it's a tiny thing in their pocket and it just happened to exactly hit that one thing, you know, that they had in their pocket. But yeah. What was it? Oh, um, Batman, Michael Keaton. 
He took yeah. the um he took the little silver tray or whatever. I mean it was no silver, but he took that tray and stuck it under his his um under his jacket there or <laughs> under his shirt and got shot by the Joker and then he popped back up and you look at it and that like that bullet still would have done, done caused some pain because it's pushed right yeah. through it. But still, anyway, yeah, it's it's a very common cliche thing, but hey, it worked out. You know, Beskar. Oh, this guy's got some Beskar. Maybe we'll see him come back with like a chess piece or something that he made himself. I don't know. Um, out of some no, I don't. I don't. I don't see. That's the thing. I don't mind cliches when they're done sparingly. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, if the whole it's thing fine. was one giant cliche, then it would be, yeah, obnoxious. Right. But so that happens. Saved by Beskar and back to space. You know, we're right back to it, like, pretty much where the episode started. It's like, oh, well, that was a strange detour. <laughs> Let's move on now. And, I, and and it's funny because it's for the first time now that I stopped and said, where's he going now? Because we kind of knew where he was going right. in episode one. We knew where he was going in episode two. Right. You know, and now in episode three, I'm kind of like, now what? Like, he just... Everything he just did, you know, in this in this last you know episode before, and then this one, it's like, oh, so so now what? <laughs> well, so we don't know. What, like we, that. we don't know the plan. Yeah, I do too. Exactly. I I like not knowing what's going to happen next, even if it is just him running until he figures something out. I'm fine with yep. that. Yeah. No, I think I think it's really cool. I mean, I mean, we saw him kind of running, you know, after in in episode two where he's like trying to make his way over there and. And he's like uh, healing himself up from from getting all wrecked and everything. And Yoda's there and stuff. You know, we see that, and he's like kind of on the run. Where's he going to go? I don't think we're going to have too many of that much of a of, of lull scenes like that. Some, mm. Something crazy is going to have to happen in, in episode four in order to keep us going. And again, I really think that you know episode three delivered just as much as the other two yeah. to me because yeah, of how no. much happened in it. Absolutely, so do I. And I think I'm uh, like you. I think this episode delivered on more of an emotional level than the other two mm-hmm. episodes. Um, but it had, the, but the gun, but the shootouts, the shootouts you know, were amazing. The made shootouts up for the were absolutely we were, amazing. We were lacking. Yep. Um, I have one problem with this episode. Okay. Only one, and it's minor. I hope they don't do it all of the time, and I'm surprised you didn't touch upon it. If this television show does more of this MCU Iron Man fan service that was at the end of this episode, I'm going to be very disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it was, that bothered me. And it's not that I hate Iron Man. I don't. I love Iron Man. I love the Iron Man movies, but I'm watching Star Wars. I'm not well, watching not, anything. Not, I'm not watching anything out of the MCU. You it's have not like we you haven't have seen this... somebody flying in a jetpack before, though, in these movies. No, 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 no. These things came out of nowhere, like Tony Stark's Iron Man suits. They even had <laughs> like the, the hands to the. They even had the hands to the side. I'm like, is this the end of Iron Man three or is this Star Wars? And then you have literally a shot out of every Iron Man movie where he's flying next to a plane, and it's just like, hey, how's it going? Like, okay. Favreau, you did what you wanted to do with this. We all know that you're behind the Iron Man films. Thank you very much. Don't do that again. That's all I'm saying. I I don't want to see that again. If this like if this turns into like MCU fan service, like meet Star Wars, that's not really something that I'm interested in watching. I'm interested in watching something about Star Wars and Star Wars alone. You can leave. 
you know, those little subtle nods, or in this case, a very blatant nod out of it. <laughs> it's the only criticism that I have. Otherwise, this this episode was phenomenal. I have no problem with this series, and I rarely get to say that. I'm the kind of person that finds problems with everything. But right. that that the ending is it was a little much for me. Like one and done. That's that's my that's my thing. One and done. You did your thing. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Let's move on from that. I don't need to see a whole bunch of a whole bunch of Mandalorian flying around like they're Tony Stark. I agree. I mean, even the way that like Boba Fett or Jango Fett flew around mm-hmm. with their jetpacks. Hang on, Look let me again. finish. Let me finish. Even the way Boba Fett and Jango Fett flew around with their jetpacks, they weren't they weren't positioned the way that they were positioned here. He kind of had like one arm out, like he was flying, and he was almost like he was controlling something with his belt. It was very very different. That yeah, I I thought that, but then recently I watched a scene from Attack of the Clones, and Jango totally flies around like that. When he's, really? dragging, when he's dragging Obi-Wan around with that grappling hook. Huh. Yeah, he's, he's not just, like, popping up for a second and, like, floating around like he does like he does in the video game. I used to play Star Wars Bounty Hunter on PS2, and it was awesome. But you could only fly for a certain amount of time. It was like a burst, you know, and okay. you kind of, like, jump up and float, and then you're done. Okay. But this was, like, legitimate flying, which he did as Jango Fett. I don't even have a problem with them flying per se uh, but just <laughs> the way that the way that that one Mandalorian was flying next to next to his uh spaceship was very just like mm-hmm. this is straight out of every iron man movie <laughs> I agree I've seen. I agree so that's that's all but like and the way that I described you know the way that Boba Fett flowed the way that Jango Fett flew around uh sudden bursts of of flight or even just the position of their bodies was is enough to make it so different and unique to its own that I'm perfectly fine with that I don't know right. I feel like that was just done on purpose just to be like hey remember Iron Man like yeah we remember oh, yeah. Iron Man thank you <laughs> we remember John okay anyways yeah that's all All right well I enjoyed this episode. I look forward to watching uh, this upcoming week's episode. And, oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, stay tuned. Subscribe, like, comment. Definitely comment if you have some, some things you want to touch upon. Definitely we can comment. Even, we can even bring it on in our next episode, talk about it. Or, you know, again, if you have some ideas about movies and stuff that you might be interested in us talking about, checking out, and whatever, um, we're definitely open for it. So thanks yeah, for listening. And uh, you guys have a good one.